I, I love this modern technology. I was sitting in the hotel room in San Francisco this morning. Thank you, Pastor Mike. I love to come over here and watch these young people as they, you know, every one of these young people could be doing something else. I mean, you got these handsome young men up here. You got this beautiful young lady, and yet they've given it all to Jesus, and they come here. And I just, I just sit there and just look at them. Just go, you know what? If I had been that smart when I was their age, I might be the emperor today or something. You know? <laughs> God bless all you. You God bless. And then a drummer, Michael was playing, and he reminded me, you know, James. Some of y'all are too young, James Brown, but James Brown said, "Get a drummer song." You know. <laughs> So the drummer went over there. The drummer got him some of this, you know. He, that's a smart man. He said, I ain't going to miss out on this. And so he got him a little, a little something, some of this music here. But I'm texting me and Pastor Benjamin. In fact, his uncle and aunt are here. They're here. They used to be members of our church. We pastored Benicia, uh, but Ed and Becky Lasseter, they're here. This is the pastor, uncle, aunt. Come on, y'all wave at these folks. So if y'all got anything bad to say about the pastor and his wife, don't say nothing around them, okay? That's... So we're texting back and forth, and he's asked me if I need anything, and told me Pastor Kemp would meet me here, and all kind of stuff back and forth. And I said, you know, don't worry about a thing. When you get back, the election will have been, been had, and I will be the new pastor. <laughs> so Pastor Kent leaned over and said, you ready for the election? <laughs> ready for the vote? And then he, 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 got, he, he communicated back so quickly and so affirmatively, so go ahead. I, I had to text him right back. I changed my mind, man. I changed my mind. You, you're ready to give it up too quick. But I appreciate your pastor. I've known him since he was a little boy. And I appreciate what God is doing in he and Sunni's life. And I just pray that they have a prosperous uh, trip over in Korea. I said, you know what, Pastor? I want to go with you one of these times. I said, but I have to be honest with you. Uh, you want to go over there and tell people about Jesus? I want to go over there and find me a tailor. <laughs> I ain't opposed to telling a few people, you know, thus say the Lord. But uh, I just need to let you know I've got my priorities wrong. And I'm telling you in advance, I'm going to go find me a tailor. Last Sunday, a lot of folk gave their lives to Jesus. Resurrection Sunday. Churches all across our nation were just filled with, with folks. Monday morning, they woke up trying to figure out what they do. Because in some of their lives, everything went crazy. And they don't understand that the moment you say, I do to Jesus, you've entered a battle. There were things that I didn't even understand about life. Let me tell some. I'm, I'm going to help some of you with young kids, uh, teenagers. And sometimes they'll do something and you go, why did you do that? And their response is what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Listen to me. They don't. They don't. I thought, I don't know, died with my kids. Now my grandkids are saying, I don't know. I want to know who is this I don't know person. Where does he live? I don't, and they don't know. Because they don't even understand that sometimes they are in a spiritual, they are the recipients of the arch enemy of our souls. Amen. And they don't know it. They don't know the word of God. They don't know the scriptures. And many of them are not being taught. And those that are, they still don't. They have not come to that revelatory knowledge of the word of God. So you say, why did you? I don't know. You know the dumb part is, we look at them and say what? What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. I just told, you know, I almost can imagine sometimes what they want to say. Okay. What don't you understand about I don't know? And they can't do that, see? But they said, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I said that. And a lot of times they don't know. And because I understood that when we started having kids, they got to be teenagers. And I asked them that question. Daddy, I don't know. I said, we'll talk about this later. No, we'll talk about it right now. I said, you don't even know why you did it. This conversation is a moot conversation. So we're going to, you just think about it. We'll come back later and we can discuss it later. 
Because you don't know. And sometimes we do things and we don't even know. Because we don't understand we're in a battle. I want to read you some verses out of Revelation chapter 12 and read some more on Isaiah in a moment. But Revelation chapter 12, beginning with verse 7. We're in a battle. You and I are in a battle. It's a spiritual battle, but a battle nevertheless. Revelation 12, beginning with verse 7, says, And there was war in heaven. There was what in heaven? War. Turn on your television any time of the day, and you're going to see an episode on the news about a war that's going on somewhere in the world. You know, sometimes when I'm looking at the news or I'll see some of our soldiers coming home, I remember one of the times it just, I was just so impacted my life. I'm watching this mom had come home, and she had given up both of her legs in the war. And I'm a country boy. I mean, you know, I, I got this whole thing about mamas and everything else. And, and I'm looking at her. and That's war, folks. We have a guy named Dave Reaver. And Dave Reaver, he got half his, I mean, his face was just really messed up when he got in Vietnam because he, he landed to save the team. He landed on a phosphorus, a grenade. And it's just his face. When you see him, you go, oh, yeah, something happened to you, bro. But he also talks about, his wife talks about how because he was this kind of a person, how when he got home from Vietnam, he's laying in the hospital, and there's only one spot on his face where it hadn't been burned, and that was the place where she kissed him. At. That's war. No, that's real war. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels, they fought back. You got angelic beings fighting up in heaven. But he, the Satan, was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He leads how many folk astray? I'm just reading Bible. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses, and to accuse simply means to charge with an offense, Claim that someone has done something wrong. You cannot win with the devil. My father would say, son, if he can't come through the door, he'll come through the keyhole. But he'll try to get in. And, you know, sometimes when you, you, you want to do something, you say, man, you know what? I think that's wrong. And the devil goes, it ain't wrong. This one, you know you're in trouble when that voice inside says, it ain't that bad. And I said, first service, that's like you ladies looking at a guy saying, you know, he ain't that ugly. Well, I don't even want to be that ugly. You, 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 you just said they're ugly. Now you're trying to figure out what degree of ugly. Is it a 10 or is it a, a 1? Well, where are they? And the devil will tell you, it ain't that bad. That's what he told Eve. Go on and bite that girl. Ain't that bad? And you and I are suffering today because she decided to listen to that ain't that bad. And the moment you do whatever he says ain't that bad, then he comes back and says, I can't believe you're a Christian. You can't win with the devil. You can't win with you, you call yourself a follower of Jesus. You did all that. Now you're feeling guilty. Shouldn't have done it in the first place. Listen to that voice. You did it. The accuser. He accuses them before our God day and night, 24-7. The Bible says he has been hurled down. But the Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens. And you who dwell in them. Oh yeah, the heavens can rejoice. Devil gone. Ain't no more war in heaven. But woe to the earth. And the sea. Because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury. Because he knows his time is short. I've just come to tell you the Sunday after Easter. That we, the church of the living God. Are in a battle for our souls. The enemy of our souls has a plan for each one of us. The Bible says in John 10.10. 10, he has come to what? 
and ain't changed. Steal, kill, and destroy. And he does that in deceptive ways. Sometimes you find yourself caught up in some, how in the world I end up in this relationship? Because you were deceived. The enemy blinded you for a moment, and all you saw was their looks. You could, and if you could look on the inside and see who they, my granny would say, who they really is, or oh, you'd put it in B for boogie and just run away as fast as you could. Because you would see the ugliness. But you got caught up, oh, that's a good-looking girl. That's a good-looking guy. And they had some ugliness. And the next thing you know, you caught up in it. Because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy fact, Ephesians 6.12 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil or wickedness in the heavenly realms. It helps, when I, when I use the, the acronym RAP, it helps me to remember what the devil's after. It's rulers. It's our enemy. RAP. Rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world. And they are out to get you no matter what. The problem is many followers of Christ, they have forgotten while some may not even know what the word says because they don't even believe it because they don't know what the word says. When we forget we have an enemy, we walk in the flesh. When I first got married, my mom and dad divorced and I was really young. I didn't, I, I'd never seen what a marriage looks like. I, never, I didn't live in the home of a marriage. So the first time Linda and I had a little spat, I thought, man, I married the wrong person. Because I thought when you get married, it was just... You know, it's supposed to be cool forever. You know, fall ways and forever. That's the song they sung at my wedding, you know. And so <laughs> I believed it. And I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't understand that my struggle was not against flesh and blood. I used to blame her. What's wrong with you? What's up wrong with you? I, I ain't never had these problems before. Why well, I ain't never been married before? <laughs> and I read this scripture one day. Our struggle, and I put my struggle. I just scratched out. You won't even see our in our Bible. I just scratched. My struggle is not against flesh and blood. My struggle is against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realm who are to kill, steal, and destroy. Mom and dad get a divorce. You know what? That's a strike. That's a strike against me. How can I make this work? How can I make this work? Who can I tap into in my family that's, that's made this thing work? Oh, my grandfather. Oh, him and Mama Susie married 57 years. Oh, yeah, my daddy's brother over here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you start tapping into because everybody, if you got, if everybody in your family been divorced, you got a jacked up family. <laughs> somebody, surely somebody's hung in there. And I just found some folk in my family who hung in there, and I just, I got to hold on. I got to, I got to, and, 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 and initially for the, got to hang in for the kids. And, and, and then, you know, all of a sudden, no, I'm hanging in for me. I got to hang in for, but I didn't know how to be a husband. And she kept trying to help me, and I still don't know how to be a husband. I don't want to listen to her. She don't know what she's talking about. She ain't never been a man. She don't know the struggles. She said, but I'm trying to help you. I don't need no help. She left me. I said, oh, help. I understand now. Help. I got it. Help. You might help me. She came back, and I started going to get me some help and what have you. But see, I didn't know that there was a real devil. I mean, I knew there was a devil. But why do you want to destroy my marriage? Because he knew that one day my kids would grow up, and they would have kids. And he's after legacies. You need to understand, he's after your legacy. No, he really is. He's after your legacy. And your legacy is worth fighting for. If you've been through a divorce, I mean, you know what? Life is what it is. But you know what? Make up your mind. This one's going to be different here. 
And make, and make sure you understand that the only difference of the first person you were married to and the person that you are now married, the only thing they have in common is you. Amen. So you got to ask yourself, uh, what do I need to straighten out? Because one day me and Linda both, we all had problems. All got children got some issues. She had issues, I had issues, everybody. And we had to start dealing with our issues. That has helped us to live the 37 years of marriage and, and 38 in August. And, and we just, we're just going to try to parlay this thing until one of us go to heaven. We've got a real enemy. When we forget we have an enemy, we walk in the flesh and we fight each other. That's where the church problem is. All of our problems come from fighting or living or responding in the flesh. Fighting among the saints who have a memory lapse of who their real enemy is. All it takes is a moment, and all of a sudden you realize, you know, you, we change churches, we change jobs, we change spouses, we change kids, kids change. It, it's all because we don't understand who the enemy is. If you only understood, he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He don't care nothing about how good looking you are or how ugly you think you are. He don't care. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. What he wants is your soul in hell. Now that's what he wants. And he's not going to stop till he gets it. So, so what do we need? We got to fight back. The scripture that I just read said there was war in heaven. Wasn't a picnic. What was the war about? Satan wanted to take over. So he couldn't take over heaven. So what does he want to do now? He want to take over what? Earth. And who does he want to take over who, who resides on earth? You and I. All these battles and wars. This is... Somebody wants to be in control and they don't understand there is a spiritual battle going on. So the enemy comes along and he just wants to take over. There was a war in heaven. The devil fought against the archangel angel Michael and his angels. My, uh, and the devil and his angels, they weren't strong enough to win. They lost their place in heaven. They are mad. The devil's not running around going, well, we lost our place in heaven. Uh, we're going to spend eternity in hell. So let's just, let's just chill. Here. No, 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 no. I'm going to try to chill and take everybody I can with me to hell. The Bible says he was hurled down to earth. And he was not alone. Let me tell you something. I want you to hear this. If you don't hear nothing else, you are nothing compared. You are no match for the devil. If the devil could convince a third of the angels to rebel against, they were in heaven, in glory. You know, if you follow me, I know how God is. But I treat you, be different with me. His lives haven't changed. <laughs> to you and I, the same thing. See that guy? He ain't the one for you. See, the one he prayed too much. All he want to talk about is Jesus. Yeah, he got a good job. Probably one day have a good retirement. Y'all could probably have some good kids, but he ain't the one for you. He's too spiritual for you. you. You know what? You know what you need. You, you, hey, hey. Now that's what you need over there. Whoop to whoop to whoop to whoop to whoop 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 to whoop. That's what you need. Whoop hands down. That's what you need right there. You need Mac Daddy over there. Cause see, when times get tough, he's gonna slap you around a little bit. But he ain't gonna tell you that. How many of you? You sit up late at night. See, the people on TV, they know what they're doing. They know when to show these commercials. They know when people like me are watching TV. They know the ailments you start having when you're over 60, you're going to have to take them to the grave. Cosby says, you know what? He said, when I was younger, my, my, my knee would hurt. I just, bam, I'd do this and the pain would go away. He said, now my left knee would hurt and I'd go, bam, now my, my right knee had gone out on me. 
He said, some things you just got you to take with you. And the enemy tries to trick us. They just thank you. And we're sitting up watching. I mean, I sit up later and I watch the TV, and here's the commercial. I know you have an aching knee. You got a sore hip. You know, my hip has been bothering me lately. Your right eye has been twitching. You know, it has been twitching. But if you take this, all of, it, all of that will go away. You say, hey, wait a minute. If, I take, if you take this, all those pains will go away. You jump up, you use the phone, and you don't hear this. I know your, white, your right eye is twitching, but your left one might go out. You could end up blind. You could end up crippled. You may not never have sex again. But you're on the phone now because all you heard was the first part. That's what the devil's like. Now, if you go over here and do this, let me tell you. He just shows you all the stuff. He don't show you if you hang out with Dubob over here. You're going to jail. You're going to end up pregnant. You, listen, your life's going to be so messed up. Ain't nobody even going to know you. You ain't even going to want to go to church because you're going to be so embarrassed. When your life is jacked up, the church is the best place to come because I'm going to tell you a secret that most folks ain't going to tell you. Everybody in here jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> ain't a person in this room going to make it to heaven without Jesus. Not a one of us. So what does that mean? Everybody jacked up. Look at somebody and tell them, you jacked up. You know you don't want to tell them anyway. Tell them, tell them again. You jacked up. He was hurled down to earth. Fluence, he influenced a third of the angels to go with him. Now let me ask you, do you really think you are a match for the devil? Even when Jesus was tempted, what did he do? He quoted the word of God. He quoted, the, you got to know the word of God. You can sing till Jesus comes, but you better know some scripture. You better know the word of God. The Bible says he leads the whole earth astray. He, he accuses us day and night. The Bible says the people in Revelation overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. Let me tell you the best, greatest reason why you ought to keep coming to church. It ain't for you. It ain't got nothing to do with you. It's for that person that's sitting next to you, in front of you, and behind you. They had a bad week. They already know you've had some bad weeks. But they've watched you be consistent. They've watched you love Jesus. And this is what they're saying. If she can keep doing this, so can I. If he can keep, I mean, I saw him bury his dad. I know how much he loved his dad. So I buried his mom. And the kids got crazy. They started taking stupid pills. The husband left and the wife... And people just sitting up. See, we just watch each other in the house of the Lord. We sit there and watch each other. And you don't even know how much strength you are giving. Some, when you're sitting there crying. You know, some, some of you young single folks. You know, I mean, y'all got some pretty folk in this church. I mean, some real pretty folk. I've just told you something about some of the other churches I go to. But anyway, y'all got some pretty folk in this church. And sometimes you young people come to the altar in your 20s and 30s and you come down the altar and you're just weeping. It, it ain't because there's something wrong. It's because you, you want somebody else in your life. It's like, what is wrong with me? Ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong. You just keep on seeking the heart of God. My wife and I were in a country that's very sensitive to the gospel and they've asked us not to describe what they do there. And one night we sat in a pizza parlor just a few weeks ago with a young college girl, beautiful young lady. And she gave us her testimony. She told us how she came to know Christ. And she said a lot of things. But the thing that impacted my life the most. 
She says, I've come to the realization that the only thing that matters are those things that are eternal. Amen. And I just sat there thinking about my home, my pool, my this, my that. And I'm sitting in this foreign country with this young girl. And she says, in essence, this is what she said. This is my interpretation of what she said. What can you take with you? None of that. It's what's eternal that matters. The Bible says they hated their own lives even unto death. How do you hate your own life unto death? Well, sometimes it's just not always having to be right. See, sometimes when you and I are right, we're still wrong because we're operating in the wrong spirit. And sometimes we just need to look at somebody and say, you know, okay. Sometimes we talk too much. One time I told my dad, I said, Dad, I said, pray for me. He said, why is that? I said, because tomorrow I got to deal with some people on the job. And you know what? I, 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 you know what? It's over. I mean, you know what? I'm going off. I'm the president of the company. I'm going off. This is my father's response. Well, son, he says, uh, remember those fish we used to go out and catch? What's that got to do with I'm going to go off on some people? <laughs> my dad was just this incredible storyteller. I said, yes, dad. Remember, we'd go out and we'd catch those fish. We would bring them home and we would scale them and we would fillet them and Salt and pepper them, and then we would fry them. I said, well, yeah. He said, boy, just think about how many of those fish would have never ended up in that hot grease if they only kept their mouth shut. (laughs) And then he said, I'm going to pray for you, Sammy. Why, Daddy? I'm going to pray that your words are soft and tender. Why is that, Daddy? Because you might have to eat them. Sometimes we just, and really, you don't even know this, but sometimes now when I'm getting ready, because I just want to give somebody a little piece of my mind, Daddy also says, son, if you're going to give somebody something, don't give them a piece of your mind. He said, you can always tell people who are giving other people a piece of their mind. They always walk around like they didn't lost something. They just, you know. <laughs> he said, if you're going to give somebody something, give them some money. Give them something they can use. <laughs> but he said, but sometimes you just can't help it, and you just got to let people know what's on your mind. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. You look at them and say, I've got something I want to tell you. And when they say, what do you want to tell them? You go, are you ready for this? I say, yeah. And you go. Now, what do you think about that? He says, son, when you do that, you never have to apologize. So sometimes the way we, 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 we're able to overcome the enemy is just sometimes we've got to realize, I'm just, on this one, I'm going to be wrong. Every mountain is not worth dying on. The Bible says the devil knows his time is short. First Peter 3 8 says, but, but do not forget this one thing. Not two things, not three things, just one thing. Dear friends, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years. A thousand years are like a day. You see, in the church, there are only three kinds of members or participants. And you and I get to decide every day which we want to be. Let me tell you in the form of a story. There's a mountain in Oregon, um, and it's called Saddle Mountain. And years ago, I would go up there and speak for these different youth camps. Saddle Mountain is the tallest mountain in, in uh, Clatsop County in Oregon. Its elevation is about 3,287 feet, and it's a six-mile journey up and back. You pass all kind of floral and flowers and everything else. So I'm there as a camp speaker. My friend says, hey, when we go to this mountain, we're doing a climb today. I said, okay, that's cool. He says, I want you, would you mind just, you know, pulling up the rear and making sure everybody keeps up with us? I said, oh, yeah, I'm cool with that. That's cool. That's cool, Henry. So we get here to the camp. These are three kinds of Christians in the church. Number three. We get here, 
And I noticed immediately we all started getting out. And there was a group of kids, they just took off. They saw the sign that said trail, and they just took off. So okay. There was another group that when Pastor Henry took off, they just took off with him. They were walking with him. They were talking. They were just having a great time, and, and they were just enjoying the journey. But then there was those in the back. And me and my sons, they're they 15, 16 years old. We're walking with these other teenagers, and, and I'm telling you, these were the evilest, <laughs> cantankerous, argumentative, complaining teenagers I'd ever met. So some of you walk pink, watch Pink Panther, you know that detective, and when he gets, he, the, the Pink Panther, he, he makes him, you know, makes him, makes him, makes him, like this. And, and all of a sudden these kids got my, got my eyes twitching, you know, because they were, they were bad. But I'm the camp speaker, so I got to be really nice and I got to be good. Because I don't want to jump in the flesh, I want to be spiritual, because I got to speak that night at the camp, and I don't want my sermon to start off saying I'm sorry. So... Come on, everybody. Come on. Come on. We can do this. Come on. Yes, we can. We can do this. Yes. You know what? After about an hour into this thing, because my sons know I can't handle all this negative stuff. Everybody, everybody's going to have a bad day sooner or later. The life is tough. Here's a bad day. You hanging on the cross. Jesus hanging. That's a bad day. But in, a, in, in, in the process of having a bad day, he still had this to say, hey, John, take care of my mama. Some folk, when they have a bad day, they want everybody to know. Want the whole world to know. It's your, ah, you know, no, this is you having a bad day. I don't want to have a bad day. Stay away from me. Get away from me. <laughs> and these kids, they're all having, uh, uh, you know, just kind of like a group bad day. And I've had enough. And finally, I looked at them. I said, let me tell you all something. Something like this. I don't care if a bear comes out of the woods and eat every one of y'all. I ain't never met no kids like y'all. I can't believe y'all like this. You don't even, you don't love Jesus. You don't know who Jesus is. In fact, I hope Jesus come down here and get you. And I took off. Me and my sons, we took off. When I got to the top, three miles up the, Henry looks at me, the director, he says, where was those kids at? I don't know, and I don't care. He says, I said, man, look, them kids, they almost made me brother want to commit a crime, man. I had to leave them kids alone, man. And they finally showed, and I realized, that's the church. See, listen, whatever you are like when you come to know Jesus, you still like that. No, you still like that. See, a lot of folk, they alcoholics, then they come and give their life to Jesus, but they never find out the root cause of the problem, so now they're just a saved alcoholic. Some, some guys never come to the root, why are you so angry? I ain't angry. It's a shame that if you are angry, you don't deal with your anger. Now you're a Christian and you learn the lingo. I am not angry. I am. That's called righteous indignation. No, no, let me explain this to you, bro. You are an angry fool. You understand? You're not only angry, but you are. We put all these, these religious terminologies to our stuff. So we come to meet Jesus. We don't deal with the root cause. And we just start, we're crazy. And we come to church and we got all that stuff with us. And I'm following Jesus. I'm a soldier. Oh, whoop. Stabbing people around us. Kicking folk around us. Because you ain't never learned how to deal with people. You used to living and doing your own thing. That ain't like that in the body of Christ. Ain't one captain in the army. His name is Jesus. Everybody else is in line. He appoints shepherds over flocks. And we try to lead the flocks. And sometimes we just can't do that. Because sometimes the folk are just, they're just crazy. 
See, I'm just talking to y'all like I would talk to everybody. I got to be at another church at 2 o'clock. I'm preparing myself to talk to them because they crazy. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all ain't like that. <laughs> Pastor told me from Korea this morning, them the sweetest. So I'm just telling y'all what I tell everybody else who's jacked up. You understand? <laughs> so in the church, you got three kinds of people. Those that just, they, they just think they know everything. You can't talk to them. Jesus talks to them and they tell everybody else what Jesus said. That's a dangerous person. No, I'm serious. Let me tell you what the Lord told me. I, yeah, I don't want to hear what the God told you again. It just keeps changing. Just keep. My pastor's the only pastor we've ever had. I've never told him this one time in all the 30 plus years he's been my pastor. Pastor, let me tell you what God has told me. Tell me what you think. I think if I told my pastor, he'd look at me and say, boy, when God gets ready to talk to you, I'll let you know. You don't know him that well. <laughs> what I do, though, is I say, pastor, this is Lynn and I've been thinking about this. But can you just, you know. Pray about it and get back with me. Can we talk about this sometime? Because now watch this. If I tell, ask you, what's your name? Stephanie. If I say Stephanie, be real religious about this. Sister Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, uh, God told me such and such. What do you think? What's going to be your response? You, you ain't got but one. You know what her response is? You can't say nothing. Especially if you disagree with God. I done just told her, God told me this. What do you think? I can't even tell you how many friends I've looked at them and said, I agree with God. They say, no, you don't. I said, I don't. But you said God told you. I'm not arguing with God. If you want to know somebody's the truth, just ask them. Don't, you don't try to preface it by letting them think you're so close to God that you and God, you're just walking down the street and he just talks to you. Yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. You ain't got that kind of relationship with Jesus. Never have, never will. You ain't got to impress nobody being Jesus. We just, we tight. Y'all ain't that tight. Ain't that tight. You need people around you to help you understand. So that's called community. And a lot of folk, when they're in a community, and they can't have the thus saith the Lord platform, then all of a sudden God calls them to another church. Man, them people this afternoon, they in for it. So who are you? Are you the person that can just, you get there and you just take off? Don't know the vision, don't know the dream, you just, all, you just automatically. Are you that person that just complains all the time? Next Sunday, we're giving out $20 bills to everybody that comes in. Why we ain't giving out $21? Are you for real? Or are you the person that just, you know, we got a leader? They want to disagree. I know how to talk to them. I know how to approach a leader. See, some folk, now listen to me. I'm trying, I'm trying to help you this morning. Well, I'm actually preparing to help these people this afternoon. <laughs> some people don't understand why their kids are rebellious. You're rebellious. Amen. No, you're rebellious. You go home and, and for lunch you have pasta and, and for dessert you have pastor's wife. I mean, you know, you, there are people like that. Y'all ain't like that, but there are people that are like that. <laughs> As opposed to just saying, Pastor, can I talk to you for a moment? Saying whatever you have to say. Say it with a lot of respect. And going with life. Keep tithing. Keep giving. Keep doing whatever you have. To. And then when it's time to go, you come and say, Pastor, I don't, I, I, you know what? I don't know what the Lord is trying to tell me. But you know, I just sense this in my spirit. Can you help me discern what's going on? That's a soldier. They ain't a soldier in, 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 in this Uncle Sam's army that goes to the commander in chief and says, I am leaving this army. I am transferring myself. Really? <laughs> Some of y'all in this room been in the military. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know, y'all know that ain't the truth. You get transferred, all right. It's part of being in the army. 
Part of being in the army is knowing your place. The other lesson I learned on our first cruise ship is everybody, you know, the captain, he was a nice guy, I assume, but how come he never came down to clean my room? How come the people that served us dinner in the dining facility, how come they never were on the deck cleaning up? See, everybody knew their function. And we had a smooth cruise. When you know your function in the church, the cruise is smooth. Man, that's kind of poetic, huh? Hmm. On this journey, this journey, all of us one day is going to be over. You know, some of you have some friends, and hope for you, you weren't that kind of a person, but they'll say, you know what? Somebody got to go to hell. I'm going to party. I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. I'm going to party, and when I die, I'm going to hell. We're going to keep the party going. You've never been to a funeral. I got a, I got, I, I got a fold them off this stick from programs from funerals. I've never been to one funeral where they said, you know, <laughs> old Della Bell, she, she said she's going to party and she was going to do this. And Della Bell said when she dies, she's going to hell because the party's going to keep on going. I'm telling you all today that Della Bell is dead. She in hell. <laughs> you ain't never heard that. Ain't a person in, ain't a person in here ever, say, ever heard that at a funeral. What you have heard is this. Well, I know they lived kind of a challenging life, but right today they're in a better place. So I don't care how bad you are, how bad you've been, how crazy a life you've lived, when you die, somehow or another you get snuck into heaven. <laughs> Preacher, just be lying. And you're sitting there going, well, if they in heaven, <laughs> what's that burning smell I smell? <laughs> somehow or another, everybody gets snuck into heaven get, at their the funeral. And you know good and well, you want to walk up there and go, Surely that ain't Delabelle. Let me go walk up here. <laughs> Couldn't nobody cuss, fuss, drink, shoot, stab better than Della. She in heaven. I don't want to go there. <laughs> when that day comes, what will be said of you? So many people, I don't know what they're going to say about me at my funeral. You do know what they're going to say. You know the kind of life you've lived. If you haven't been a saint, they ain't going to make you one. They might struggle a little bit. Which of the three climbers will you be in this here army? You're going to be one of those that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be a part of this team. I, I, I'm with the pastor. I'm with, I'm with his wife. I'm with the leadership team. I am here. God has placed me here, and I'm going to do everything I can. Or you're going to be one of those that always want to do your own thing, or you're going to be one of those that always complain. You ever wonder what the devil looks like? So you got to know that. If, you, if you're going to fight the devil, you got to know these are principles and things you need to know if, indeed, you're going to be a part of this here army. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. Isaiah 14, 16 says, is one day, he will be exposed, and here are the words people will say. Is, is, is this the man? Is this the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble? The man who made the world a desert that overthrew its cities and would not let his captives go home? Is this the man? Is this the man that made me become rebellious to my mother and father, destroyed my whole life? Is this the man that made me leave my wife for what I thought was greener grasses on the other side, and I jumped over there and realized that that grass had weed killer on it? Is this the man? <laughs> my wife, she can verify this. We, had a, we have a friend. He's still my friend. Got a beautiful wife. Had two beautiful daughters. He wouldn't call the whole thing off. Man, I did everything. I, he was mine made up, left, washed her. Married another lady. <laughs> she had one daughter. Uno Mas. That's not Uno Mas. Uno Mas is one more, huh? Yeah. Just Uno. 
Scratch the moss. So one day him and I hanging out together. He had moved out into another state, him and the new wife and her teenage daughter and all the rest. And one day, him and I are having lunch. And he looks at me and he says, Sam? I said, yeah. He said, I've been back in California with my new wife for four years. Then he said this, I have not had one single day of peace. And God had to, I had to put my hands over my own mouth because I wanted to say, na-na-na-na-na-na, that's what you get. That's what you get. You thought you was getting something better. No, you got something worse, partner. He had no peace. And the other wife, she had some issues because all God's children got issues. You got to know the enemy. You, 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 I cannot believe that I lost all of this and my family is ragged. And, and, and again, I'm going to tell you, if you've been through the divorce thing, then don't desert the ones that don't forget the kids and still do the best you can. This is not an indictment against people who've been through it. It's not at all. My mom and dad divorced, I told you before, but that, that, you know what? They're good folk. My, my dad is gone. My mom is still here. You just got to do the best you can with what you have. Life is what it is. When you find yourself caught up in something and you get, you get out of it and what have you, then make the best of where you're at. Is this the man? you cannot be the one that caused me to give up everything. I lost everything that was precious to me. I have no legacy because of you. You the man. This is a description of the devil, our enemy. The Bible says one day we will see him for who he really is. In the meantime, we must realize he is invisible and he is an invisible foe who has already been defeated at the cross. And as we walk with Christ through the power of his word, through the testimony of those that are in community with us, and a daily infilling of the Holy Spirit, we become overcomers. It's the power of the written word. It's the testimony of those that are involved in the community. And it's the daily infilling of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever forget when the devil left heaven, he took a third of the angels with him. You and I are no match for him. We need Jesus, and we really need each other. You have no idea how much we need each other. In this battle on earth as we journey to heaven, because the Bible says we are just pilgrims and strangers passing through a form. We are on our way to a city whose builder and maker is God himself. All the joys and all the stuff that you and I might participate in is just temporary. In fact, the Bible says there's joy and sin for how long? It's just for a season. So when you're out there sinning, having a good time, grab the price tag because you're going to pay it. It's a daily choice that you and I get to make. Am I going to be a complainer? Am I going to be a loner? Or am I going to be a fellow traveler who gives hope, encouragement, and help to those who are following after Christ? So how does it really all happen? Here it is. I leave you with this. Come on up here, Michael, please. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with and I no longer live, but lives in me. I don't like the crucifixion thing. What's, what's that movie with uh, the Passion of Christ? I hate that movie. I saw it one time. My son said, Dad, you like the movie? He said, I cried. I said, I didn't cry. He said, why you didn't cry? I said, man, that was a three-hour beatdown. My God, man, they got done beat. They beat him and beat him and beat him. I said, come on, y'all put him on the cross and let the man die. They beat him some more. I one eye all jacked up and back all lacerated face. I mean, it was just, but 
it says in Isaiah, that's how he looked. They said, if you hadn't been there when they started, you wouldn't have known he was a man. You would not have even known he was a human being when they got done beating Jesus. And so you and I, the Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. I didn't have to take the licks because he took the licks. I didn't have to take the beat down. He took the beat down. I didn't have to take the spirit aside. He took the spirit aside. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I come to Christ. I'm baptized. I go down a, 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 a sinner, and, I'm a, I'm a, and I want to live right. But when I come up, I'm a new man in Christ. I'm a new woman in Christ. And the life I now live in the flesh or in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. It's out of the song we sung about love. It's out of the love that Jesus Christ has for me that causes me to allow myself, God, I'm crucified with you. Today I'm not saying a thing. You know I really want to say something, Lord. You know I want to say something. You know they're wrong. You know how they've treated me. God, you, you, God, you know you know what I want to do. All of us got a little bit of Medea inside of us. You do know that, don't you? You know that's the truth. Every now and then you just find yourself doing like this just to see if you got a gun. You just be checking it out. You just, all of us got a little bit of Medea inside of us. But there comes a point when we come to the realization we have been crucified. I can't live the kind of life I want to live. I tell my teenage kids sometimes, you know what, sometimes I wish I could just come home and take my paycheck and go do what I want to do with it. I can't do that. I got responsibilities. I'm, 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 I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm, I got bills, and I got. And besides, it ain't about me. I've been crucified with Christ. I don't like crucifixion. I like cowboy movies because you can get shot in the first scene and still be dying at the last scene. That's how some of us have died to Christ. Oh, we got shot a long time ago, but we still. We still fighting blood everywhere. What's all that blood? Don't worry about that. I ain't going down without a fight. I told my wife, I told her this week with some friends sitting in my office. See, let me tell you how I've made it to this point in my life. Once a quarter, we have about a dozen friends. Some of them are over 25-year-old friends. They come to my office. They come to our home, and they, we pray together. I ain't doing this thing by myself. I ain't, listen, I'm going to miss a lot of things on this planet, but I ain't missing heaven. I've always wanted to see Jesus. Now my daddy's gone. I want to see my daddy. There's a few more relatives now that I really want. I ain't missing heaven. And the only way I know not to miss heaven is I've got people involved in my life who are helping me. They'll straighten me out. They'll give me a piece of they, my righteous or unrighteous mind if I mistreat this lady right here. See, i got people involved in my life who know me. And so this week we're meeting together. I said, we ain't got but one problem here. He said, what's the problem? They don't even call me Dr. Huddleston got all them titles. I ain't Pastor Sam. He's just that short of calling me Sammy. I mean, you know, these are my friends. These are men and women of God. If everybody that talks to you begins with a title, you're already in trouble. I said, here's the problem. Me and God have a plan for my life. I said, what's the problem? <laughs> they ain't the same plan. There's some things that I want to do. Sometimes I don't want to be on my job any longer. It cramps my style. I got gifts. I got talents. The world is my pulpit. God says, that's right. Just come on right back. <laughs> come on right back down here. <laughs> and then 
what's going to win. You know what that is. So I might well give up soon. Might as well realize I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I can't live anymore. Real joy for me is when I'm doing his will. This morning, I love this. That's why I do it. That's why y'all laughing. I'm not, I, listen, I ain't a problem. I'm a preacher, so let me get up here. And, no, I, I love doing this. I love hearing y'all laugh. Because God knows some of y'all got a lot of sadness in your life. You can't laugh. And, you know, and it's not that what you're going through is funny. But there's, we're talking joy here. You understand? So I'm going to pray for you. Y'all tell Pastor Benjamin Sunday next week how much I enjoyed being here with, with him. I mean, I really mean that. And if I have bored you, get on Pastor Kent. <laughs> for being a blessing tell, tell Pastor I got here he had, I don't even know who the people were he had some people go get us some coffee and my wife uh, what she likes to drink uh, was that soy something soy chai tea every time I've come here you have treated us well, that's the only reason I come back he says I'm going to be gone do you still want to come I said man I don't come there because of you <laughs> I want to see that little worship team you get with all them young people that love Jesus because they inspire and encourage my heart because I know they all could be doing something else. And i like to see what God has done through your life, my young friend. That's why we're here. So last Sunday was resurrection and we celebrated and all the rest. And maybe this week you thought, man, resurrection was a quick Sunday and all stuff broke loose. And, and today you realize, I got it. <laughs> I'm in the army. And you know when the battle ceases? I'll give you a picture. <laughs> as long as you ain't there. Oh, you're, in a, you're on the battlefield. You're in a battle. So you got to remember, you've been crucified with Christ. The life you live in, it's not about your life. It's about the legacy you're going to leave behind. It's about all the people that's going to, you, you with me? So, if you're able, won't you stand with me? I want to pray for you. So, you're here today, and Pastor Ken did this last service. You're here today. You say, I got it. Man, I have finally got it. This thing about following Jesus is about a, being a fighter. I'm a fighter. And it walk from a good fight. I'm telling you right now, this will be an eternal fight. But he'll give you power and the strength because the good book says greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. He'll sustain you by the power of his presence. So if you're here today, not been a good week for you. Had a few beat downs. Come on up and we'll pray with you. Just come on down. Don't even look around. Come on. Come on down. This has been your, this has been your week. Don't worry about it. Come on down there because next week somebody else going to have a turn. Everybody gets a turn. You notice the truth? Everybody gets a turn. You don't get out of this thing unscathed. Do we have to be ashamed to come down here? This is just your week. The good Lord knows my wife and I have had ours. God bless all of y'all for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? Ali, Ali, oxen free. Whoso will, let them come. Some of y'all young people too young, you know what I even said. <laughs> Anybody else?
is my highest privilege, my highest joy to pray with you, to ask God to sustain you. It really is. Now, now Pastor Kent, come on up here. Now, there's some prayer warriors in this church. This church has not grown and is not what it is today without prayer warriors. I know your pastor and his bride um, as a man and a woman of prayer. So there's some prayer warriors in it. I need y'all to come up here now. We're going to pray for these folk. Come on up here. You know these folk. They need to know you. You don't stand alone in this house. And I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Kent. 